Tune in to Conversations with Dr. D. Yvonne Young. Join America's leading relationship expert, top holistic life coach, and best-selling author, Dr. D. Yvonne Young, along with a diverse team of regular commentators, experts, and celebrity guests. Be entertained while being informed on the issues that affect you most. Don't miss it. Dr. D. Yvonne Young, providing you the tools you need to start living a profoundly extraordinary life. Good afternoon, America. Today is July the 30th. Man, has this month just flown by. We are going to talk about a program that is taboo for many of you, but here is the thing. We are living real life, people. And when I say we are living real life, how can we uh, act like we're adults? How can we pretend that life is so good when, in fact, one of the biggest aspects of your life is actually your sex life. And being honest with you, there are reasons why sex sucks for some of us. Um, when we think about sex, we often have these unrealistic um, expectations of ourselves and how we look and, you know, what, What's going on? What is the real reason why uh, men don't maintain erections? Why is it that some women, after just going through certain issues, I had a magazine contact me recently, and they were asking, well, Dr. Young, why is it women just, um, you know, why is it that women just aren't interested in sex anymore? What is going on? And I'll, and I'll tell you. The truth is, sex is not what it's all cracked up to be on one, on one level, and then on another, it's more than we ever could imagine. You know, sex, by definition, is copulation. It is an act of intimacy. It is when we start taking uh, steps to get ourselves beyond that place to um, physically transcend what is a state of emotion or a state of mindset. And we ask ourselves, how can I uh, make my sex life better? What is it that I can do um, to in increase what I'm feeling? And we try everything. You know, we, we try everything from Viagra. We try all of these drugs. And a lot of people are finding out, you know, that didn't work. Some of us, we figure if I can just get a drink in me, you know, it, it, it's so funny. You think, well, that didn't work. And so at the end of the day, what does work? And that's what I'm going to be talking to you about today is what the, the things that you can do to make your sex life better. And there are some things that we have tried everything from just some stupid, crazy stuff Um all the way down to things that are just somebody told me, well, if I do this, this will uh, seduce a woman. Or if I do this, this will make the man, uh, this position is going to make it work. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. All of that stuff has some truth in it, but there's a lot more false than truth. And what we're going to have to do is get down to the bottom of what 
what is creating dysfunction in our bedrooms. For many of you, you are having sex with everything from someone that is your same gender to an inanimate object. Some of you are addicted to porn. And you keep thinking, okay, well, what could I do to make my sex life actually improve? Well, here's the good news. Did you know most of the stuff that um, you think is going to make your sex life better actually does not work? And I'm talking, ladies and gentlemen, this includes everything from Viagra. This includes everything from drinking and smoking and all of these things. And some of the stuff I'm going to really jack you up in the head tonight, you're going to, well, I should say this afternoon, you're going to go, Doc, are you kidding me? You mean to tell me if I do that? That has absolutely nothing to do with sex. How will that make my sex life better? Well, believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, sex is connected to more than your genitalia. The things that we've been trying for so long to get past, um, some feeling of imbalance, the things that we ask ourselves, you know, if I do this, this ought to work. If For a lot of women, and, and men think this too, well, if I just buy her something, if I give her some money, um, you know, that's going to make it better. Maybe if I get a few more muscles or, or, and women are just as bad as men nowadays. I've seen, I, I'm going to start in, investing in butt implants. It is amazing me, I've all these before and after pictures of everyone from Nicki Minaj to uh, T.I.'s wife. I mean, just everybody is running around getting a booty implants. And I'm here to tell you, ladies, your butt may be bigger. That is not going to make your sex life better. And the person that is performing with you because you got some butt implants, I'm going to uh, just give you a hint. Give it a few weeks. Give it a few months. Hell, for some people, give it a few minutes. <laughs> that guy is not going to last. As a matter of fact, the things that make sex better, and, and we're going to start with uh, just going straight to this conversation. The things that really will make your sex life better, 90% of it has absolutely nothing to do with sex. I'm going to say that again. The things that will really make your sex life better, 90% of that stuff has absolutely little, if anything, to do with the act of sex itself. So then you go, well, Doc, Dr. Young, what in the hell am I buying Viagra for? Well, I'm going to tell you this. There's this thing out there called a placebo effect, ladies and gentlemen. Let me tell you what that means. When we do clinical trials in medicine, we will give, and I know some of you guys have heard of sugar pills, right? And we typically associate sugar pills with that old crazy hypochondriacal honor uncle. And when I say hypochondriac, meaning they're always talking about something's wrong with them, ain't nothing wrong with this person other than their little cuckoo in the head. Um, when we give a person a sugar pill and they have an expectation that they're going to get better, some people do. Now, how real is that? Let me tell you how real it is. Even in cancer drug trials, there are people that get the real drug and there are people that get the placebo. 
The success rate for the real drug never cures cancer, because if there was a cure, hell, we man, everybody would be looking for that right now. But, you know, it, it will uh, stop the symptoms. It will slow down the onset rate, all of that. But the real drug seldom does what it's predicted to do. And typically, if 20% of the time they can see something that is a measurable difference, they go, wow, this drug works, at least works to some degree. Now, here's where I'm going to blow your mind. Another segment of the population that they do the trial with gets nothing but a fake drug. It's a placebo. It's not even real. And when they get this placebo, all of a sudden, the drug works. Yeah, I'm not kidding. Now, you, you stop and ask yourself, how in the hell did they give somebody a fake drug and the person now goes into spontaneous remission from cancer. For those of you that are just joining the show and going, what the hell does cancer have to do with sex? Just keep listening. Um, so what happens with us and with men and women, because they have some drugs uh, out there uh, that, you know, these drugs are work for women, and I'll probably name a few. And, again, when I say something about uh, sex drugs for anybody, male or female, I am not endorsing these drugs. Uh, a lot of things that you can buy over the counter, I'm going to mention some stuff uh, later in the program that you can actually go to Whole Foods Market or to any good na uh, naturopathic store and probably get something uh, that will actually work. And, and they've been trying to figure out a sex drug to boost the, uh, to boost the female uh, libido, and they've had some things uh, that have actually worked. You know, they're, they're really um, trying to bypass what I'm going to talk about today, and that's really what's at the core of your sexuality, your mind. But these placebo effects, Men go and say, the doctor tells the guy, he says, well, if you take this little blue pill, Viagra, Cialis, Levitra, whatever, you are going to be able to hang a fur coat on it, bro. Well, the guy takes the drug, goes home that night, and he gets an erection that he hadn't had since he was 14. Well, did the drug work? Yes and no. Now, let me tell you why. Most of us, are wanting drugs kind of like we want every illegal drug. We want to do something right now that is going to immediately fix a problem. And what we're doing is we want a, a physiological solution to a problem that 95% of the time, y'all, is, is uh, psychological. The other part of this is spiritual. Now, I know some of you are going, Doc, what the hell, what does spirituality have to do with me getting an erection or with uh, my man not cheating on me and all of this? So the first half of this show, I'm going to talk about that. I really want to educate you on how, uh, how does your body work sexually? What causes you to get aroused? What chemicals in the brain and all of that? So I'm not going to bore you with all of that, but I'm going to say this. Sex is a combined response to psychological, emotional, physiological stimuli, as well as spiritual stimuli. How does that play out? Well, here's how that goes. When you find yourself 
And I'm going to speak to some men right now. You're laying in the bed with the, with your lady. Um, you, you're looking down at your little buddy, and he's just asleep. He's not moving. Ladies, you're in the bed with a man, and you're like, okay, what the hell? Come on, does this thing work? You blow on it, you kiss it, you do everything else. This man has no response to you whatsoever. Well, here's what's going on. The reason why there is no response is, first of all, the body's there, but the brain ain't there. We start getting what is called self-fulfilling prophecies, and this is especially true with men that have sexual performance issues. Lots of men, when, when they fail to get an erection, when they fail to perform, the reason why they're having these issues is because they are not connected uh, with the woman. They're, they're not even present. Um, why aren't they present? It's really simple. The man is thinking about his bills, thinking about work. He's thinking about why, that he's not erect, which that is a lot of it right there. There's the brothers looking down and going, okay, well, what's wrong? And I've, I keep telling you guys about the laws of attraction. Whatever you focus on, that's where energy goes. So when you focus on the fact, and I'm saying this to the fellows that, you know, I'm having erectile dysfunction, I'm not getting an erection, but duh, did you really think that if you keep concentrating on not getting an erection, that's going to make you get one? No. If anything, that's going to make your butt stay limp. And for some women, they're wondering, well, okay, he's not getting an erection, what's wrong? And ladies, just being honest, part of it is you. Part of it is this man, and men, you know, when we're young and hoish, and even some men just are immature, when we haven't gotten any from you yet, we're excited, we're engaged, we're paying attention to you, we've taken a bath, we've worked out, we smell good, the mood is set. So, And even then, sometimes that's not enough. And what's happening is you and this other person, and I'm talking to both men and women right now, you're not connecting. You're not connecting for several reasons. One, spiritually, you just ain't feeling the other person. You know, you may like them, but at a deeper level, there is a lack of being yoked. And, and people start associating being yoked with money, you know, be equally yoked. I mean, you got a 750 credit score, mine's 700. We both employ, we equally yoked. That, has, that is not equally yoked. You know, there, well, sex has three purposes. One, for procreation, you know, to have a baby. The second reason for sex is to express how you feel towards someone. And then the other reason for sex is to help you be comforted and to relax you. Now, let's take the last one first. Sex should relax you and comfort you, but it should be because the person you are with you are comforted by. You can be yourself around. You can relax with this person. So some of us are wondering, well, why is it I can have sex with someone outside my marriage? I'm not married, y'all, so don't be trying to write up, Dr. Young, you cheating on your way. I am not married. You did. But, but the truth of it is some of you are. And you go have great sex with this other person, 
but you don't have great sex with your spouse, your husband, your wife. Something to think about, isn't it? Well, there's a reason for it. You're not connected to them anymore. It has nothing to do because if you have functioning genitalia, you could have sex with anyone. So when we're when you are younger, when you are like in uh, your late teens, early twenties, your little horny behind can just you know if it's moving, you could hit. It. Especially if you're a man, and with women, the biological for sex is high in the twenties. It's really high, but when a woman gets other needs out of the way, like I've got to care for a three-year-old. In the back of that woman's head, fellas, she's thinking about, okay, is this baby going to wake up? Do I, did I feed him? Did I? Okay, did I? And sometimes we are not valuing and thinking about what about all the other crap that's in our dick. You've been at work 12 hours, 10 hours, or you worked eight hours, but you had to ride to work in an hour to hour and 15 minutes of traffic. You had to ride back home in the same kind of traffic. You work with an idiot at work that gets on your last doggone nerve, so you really don't even enjoy going to work. You go to work just to get the money. You bring all of that home with you, and just that psychological aspect of it has you far removed from sex. So then you ask yourself, you say, well, I don't have that problem. It's just me. I, why am I having an issue with my sex life? Okay, I'm going to get to you. Why are you having sex? And I'm not trying to get into this religious thing about I don't think you should have sex because God will kill you. It is my honest opinion. God ain't going to kill nobody because you had sex. You may get killed because you had sex from the wrong person, HIV or some other disease, or you may want to kill yourself when you have a baby with somebody and you go, what, you're pregnant? Oh, hell no. When you do that, yeah, of course your sex life is going to suck, but the truth be told, you are inappropriately connecting with someone for the wrong reasons. And what amplifies this problem isn't that inappropriate connection. What makes it worse is that now that you have an inappropriate connection, you are not dealing with the real reason why you're not connecting with your husband or your fiancé or your long-term significant other. Well, the reason you're not connecting is because that relationship has run its course. Duh. You know, I have people come to my office 24-7, and they're like, Dr. Young, can you help me rekindle my sex life? And I can say, well, I don't know if I can or can't, but let me ask you a few questions. How do you feel about your mate? Do you like them? I didn't say love them because we can love people and not like them. Do you even like your mate? The answer is no. That just diminishes your sex life a little bit. Then I ask you another question. Have you been getting a good, nice rest, or do you just fall out and go to sleep? Two different things, because you can go to sleep. That doesn't mean you're well-rested. This person typically says no. And then I ask this other question. How do you feel about your body image? And some of you guys feel like you'd add up in a bag of chips. Child, you may feel like that, but that is not how the other person is seeing you. So while you're sitting there, sir, and I'm not talking about women looking like you're three months pregnant, two months pregnant, and you're wondering, you know, why your your woman isn't turned on. Or, well, look at you, bro. You're standing there. Your butt is flat as day old bread and beer. Your stomach is hanging over the way. If you look down, you can't even see your genitalia, and that applies to you ladies too. And beyond that, 
you haven't done anything hygienically to make yourself feel attractive because sometimes it's not about how the other person feels about you. It's about how do you feel about you. When is the last time you went and clipped your fingernails, fellas? When is the last time you got rid of some of that excess pubic hair you have, fellas? When is the last time that you actually went to the doctor to make sure you were in good health and that your cholesterol wasn't through the roof, that your blood pressure wasn't percolating like an old coffee pot? I mean, when is the last time? You wonder why you're having a physical response to a lack of psychological attention, to cognitive attention that you need to give yourself. It's no secret that you and your friend downstairs are not communicating. You've got all that fat blocking it, guy. Ladies, you're wondering why he's not turned on by you. Well, how could he be when, you know, you guys don't talk, you don't hold hands, when is the last time that you actually just left the house and enjoyed each other's company? See, these are things that people go, I bet it's somebody sitting listening to the show go right now, oh, damn, I thought he was going to be telling me how to put my freak down. I am telling you how to put your freak down. But the first thing is you've got to stop being a freak and be a human being. You can't keep thinking that if you read another technique and you say, you know what, I heard if you, if you eat you some pig feet and crackers, please don't do that. Your breath will be smelling horrible. Or you're thinking, well, you know what, we're going to drink this here Patron and it's going to be on. No, what's going to happen is you're going to go to sleep and you're going to end up doing probably a lot of activity that if you took the liquor away, would you have done it? If you took that weed away, would you have done it? And then more than anything else, if you took away the fact you're sleeping with this woman because you're giving her some gas money, you know, you're basically exploiting her because she's lacking something. She needs some help with her rent. She needs gas. You know, that's, that's why you're sleeping together. Or the other side of it is you don't even really like this person anymore. Your whole reason for being there is strictly because it's convenient. You know, you... You didn't have anything else to do. He lives downstairs. Now your sex life starts becoming hemispheric. Now what does that mean? That means that as you experience intimacy with this other person, what is it based on? Is the reason your draws are laying on the floor right now because you look at this other person and get a sense of complete you get a look at this person and say, you know what, I really am feeling you. You, you. you make me happy. I like you. Or is the reason that you're there because it's just something to do again? It's, it's just become habitual. And see, some of you, you don't have any sexual dysfunction issues. You get wet as all get out. You get erections and all that with no problem. But here's the issue. You're having sex. But your body's there and your mind is on the other side of town. You're having sex, but you're not connecting. And, and the longer, and I'm warning you, I am so warning you right now, the longer that you keep functioning at that level, the worse your sex life is going to get over time. So even though you are getting erections and even though you are getting wet, after a while that's going to go away. And then here, here's a bigger thing to think about. If the person that you're sleeping with is someone you do not respect. All they are is, you know what, 
And I'm just going to, if your child is in the room right now, tell them to leave. I'm going to count to ten because I'm going to talk some adult talk, okay? One, two, three, four. You better get your damn toys and get out of here. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Okay, if your kids aren't gone, it's on you now. Now you find yourself having hemispheric sex, oral sex. You know, all he wants is a blowjob. All you want is fellatio. And for you guys that don't know what that means, going down on you or whatever, that's all you want. And once you get yours, you could care less about this other person. Or here's a real doorbell ringer. When you have sex with somebody and right after you come, you just want them to go. You, you know, you ejaculated, you got your little endorphinic release. You could care less if this person hung around. As a matter of fact, you prefer if they didn't. You would prefer they just get up and go home. Are you really connecting? Are you really functioning at a letter, level higher than that of an animal? And even animals, before they have sex, at least they sniff the situation out. At least they take the time to do a little bit of inspection. What are you doing this for? How many people have you slept with in the last three months? And for some of you people, you Maury track stars, as I call you, how many people you slept with in the last week? If you haven't had sex with someone in so many weeks, so many months, and do you think that's making you some kind of something special? Maybe, maybe not. I'm not against celibacy, but the other side of it is, how are you being celibate when you're masturbating all the time with some inanimate object? Then when you attempt to have an intimate act with a human being, look, lady, that little plastic penis you were using, that thing is not real. It doesn't have feelings. It doesn't have goals. It doesn't have fears and hopes and desires. And, yes, it is super hard. Do you think a man is going to actually compare to something that's an inanimate object? I mean, really, what are you setting yourself up for when you are constantly masturbating all the time? Or the other part of it is when you use a little device like a bullet or a rabbit, something that has just uh, an overwhelming amount of stimulation of everything, your labia, your vaginal oz, and your clit is all stimulated. Or you're a guy. Your little freaky butt, every time you have sex, it's because you're watching porn and you're having it with yourself. You're masturbating. You found some little chick that will do something strange for some change, some stripper, some crackhead, you know, some chick on the street you go get, and you just unzip your pants and there she goes bobbing for apples. Well, I mean, how do you think that you are going to recover from that mentally and emotionally? How do you think that being detached is actually something that is working for your good? It's not. I mean, it surely isn't. So what we're going to do, I'm going to take, uh, we're going to take a quick break. I'm going to play something else from the Black and White Project. I'm kind of featuring some of that music right now. Uh, and it's called Blowing My Mind by uh, Dionysus and King Malachi. But before I play that, Get your pen and paper ready because when we come back, I'm going to give you some tips and some things that you can do as well as some things that you can probably eat, drink, that will help get your sex life back on track. 
You're listening to Conversations with Dr. D. Yvonne Young, and we'll be right back right after this. Oh, my God. 
Okay, we're back. Now, if you got that pen and paper handy, let's get to writing. First, let's talk about the reasons why your sex life can suck. And the first, this is for men and women, and that's performance anxiety. Sometimes we're just being a little too dramatic and making things complicated. You know, and then the other side of it is the person that's with you is doing stuff that you are not really feeling. Like, I'm going to give you an example of this. Ladies, if your man needs you to be hollering and making all that noise to, and you think that's turning him on, it probably isn't. It's more than likely turning the guy off. I'm being really honest with you. And, fellas, you do not have to be hitting a woman's butt. This is not 50 shades of grace. You may turn around and slap the hell out of you. So, all that spanking and all this, I'm not saying it doesn't work for people. It's, you know, everybody's different, but I'm just giving you, quit trying to reenact something you saw on TV or in a movie because it doesn't work. That's number one. It just doesn't work. And this anxiety that you develop from trying to act like something you're not is just making things too complicated. So the first thing is stop the stupid stuff. All that moaning and, and, and whose is it, is it mine, oh, stop all that, man. Pay attention to the environment. Pay attention to the person that you're holding and the person that you're with. That will help you. And the next thing, okay, think before you do this. Next time you decide that you're going to pull your hubs off, Stop doing things just because you can do them and doing things out of regret. There's nothing worse than a mind that is uh, just doing everything except being present. If you really are with this person just because you're feeling some kind of strange, just because you're horny, just because you want to ejaculate, you want to come, you want to get a nut, however you want to refer to this, but you are really not connecting with this person on any other level than physically, that may last you for a minute, but I guarantee you, if that other person has any self-esteem, hell, if you have any common sense of self-esteem, that's going to wear out pretty quick. And what happens is we become creatures of habit. So the next thing that we start doing we we just kind of like, okay, well, I did this with you last time. Let me call you because I'm feeling this way. And this is especially true of women. Women will keep revisiting a man sleeping with, a, with their child's father. Uh, da, uh, uh, some men will have children with a woman, and they keep going back sleeping with this woman because they're familiar. You know, sometimes it's best just to wait. You know, don't engage people in your life. Uh, uh, for less of a reason, it's gonna it's gonna backfire. As a matter of fact, um, it's gonna really backfire, and you don't want that. You do not want that. It 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 hurts everybody, and it makes you feel so much less than what and who you are. Next thing. Got your pen out? Because all of this stuff sounds like common sense, but there's really no such thing as common sense. Clean up your doggone house. Clean up. You have no clue how many people 
won't tell you that they, and when I say clean up your house, I don't just mean your physical house. I mean your behind, too. Some folks ain't going to tell you what they smell and what they see. Ladies, and I know I, I can just hear uh, some of my staff right now. Um, God, he's getting ready to talk about tissue balls and pubic hair and, and washing off. Yes, I am. I surely am. you damn right I'm getting ready to tell you that. Ladies, and I'm going to get the men, so sisters, don't get mad at me. I'm going to hang these dudes out to dry, too. Ladies. Anytime you are going to be intimate with a man, especially if it's going to be total body intimacy, and you want him to kiss you, don't go eat a piece of fried chicken and some and some Fritos trying to kiss nobody. Your breath stinks. And even if it doesn't stink, brothers, especially men that are somewhat clean, in the back of our head we're going, do I see a piece of fish in between your teeth, you know, is your, are your teeth yellow from eating Cheetos? You want me to kiss you? What the hell is I mean, think, and, and ladies, don't get mad at me. I'm going to come for the fellas in a minute, but let me get our ladies first, right? Second thing, sisters, unless you dating some brother that's like 65 that wears, you know, them loud yellow shoes and a hat to match, trim your pubic hair. That is so unattractive. If you're not going to go get waxed, here's what you do. Go get your groomsman. I'm telling you, it's a little cheap clipper. Put the number one guard on it and trim your own pubic hair because, you know, especially African-American and some Latin women bump up real bad after doing that or the pain from if you don't get waxed all the time, you're going to uh, really feel like you just somebody just took you out, whipped you or something. So go and buy that. The thing will cost you every bit of $20 at the most. And put the number one blade on it. You cannot cut yourself unless you just really are kind of special. And get rid of all that doggone pubic hair, okay? Second thing, ladies, I know some of you are going to be like, Dr. Young, I'm eating lunch right now. Girlfriend, you eating lunch when you were smelling some kind of way too. Here's what I want you to do. After you take a shower, don't put on any perfume. Don't put on any lotion. Take your finger, and you know how a doctor examines your cervix, right? He takes his middle, his longest finger, and he sticks it into your vaginal oz, that's, you know, your vagina, and reach as far in as you can and swirl your finger. Take your finger out and smell your finger. Because at the labia, uh, right out at the opening of the vagina, you cannot smell anything. And if you can, child, you need to hurry up and go see the doctor because you got some issues going on. But most women can't, or some women have become habituated to an odor. So stick your and smell it. And then I know this is going to, this is going to sound like so way out the way. Ask him to sm- smell your finger. Say, do you smell anything? Because if either of you do, a vagina should not have a scent, especially a bad scent. So that may be why he's not having oral sex with you. That may be why he's not getting erections because, you know, and most people won't tell you. And if you've got the kind of nasty man that you smell yourself and he's having sex with you, you need to drop his trifling butt off somewhere and get you a different man. All right? So that that's just real talk, real talk. And if I offended anyone, grow up, get over it. This is this is adult stuff, and I want you to be happy. Sex is supposed to make you happy, not frustrated as hell. Now, fellas, sisters, go ahead and stand up and start clapping because you're gonna love all the stuff I'm gonna tell men. Men, 
Don't bring your musty butt home. You haven't had a bath. You haven't had a shower wanting somebody to do something with you. You need to take your trifling self and get in the bathtub or the shower and wash good. You know, because some of you people, you still, and I heard a woman in my office talking about her husband's underwear looked just like her son's underwear, and that little boy wasn't but three, and he was wearing training pants. I think you get my drift, fellas. Go wash your musty behind, especially your scrotum. <laughs> go take a shower. Go wash off, please. And if you got pubic hair that you haven't trimmed and since you was a little boy, you need to trim yours too. It ain't all on women, and and it's not going to make you effeminate to get rid of some of that, that nappy hair you got around you, running around looking like a beast. Get rid of some of that. Second thing, fellas, you want her to brush her teeth? Brush your teeth. Quit trying to kiss on a woman, and you've been sitting up here smoking cigarettes, smoking marijuana, smoking whatever, or you just got through eating some barbecue ribs now. You wonder why. Come on, really? Really? Come on. Are you freaking kidding me? Brush your teeth. Take a shower and cut your damn fingernails. A vagina is a very sensitive place, and so are the rest of the parts of a woman. Cut your fingernails, gentlemen. Be gentle with your touch. Quit grabbing at women like you trying to grab a squeeze ball. Unless you just got some kind of woman is weird. She doesn't like that women are soft and gentle. You should treat them as such. Another thing, gentlemen, wash your stinky feet. That's right. I'm going to say it. Wash your damn feet. Some of y'all's toes look like you could make it up a tree really quick. You could outrun a squirrel going up a tree. Get your toenails done. Matter of fact, fellas, if you really want to turn your woman on, go with her and both of y'all get a manicure and a pedicure. But especially if you can't afford that, take your butt down to Walgreens, CVS, whatever the name, Publix, whatever the story is in your community, and trim your fingernails. And this is especially true for my brothers on the islands. You guys are notorious for not taking care of your feet. You look like Shaka Zulu. Stop it. Go scrub your feet. Clip your toenails, get something done, you know. But practice this, gentlemen. Next thing, gentlemen, go get a haircut and a shave from a real barber, not your homeboy. Ladies, you might want to try that one too. Quit letting Shaquita, whoever that is, put that jacked-up weave in your ear. But go and make yourself appealing to this woman. And, ladies, same thing for you. Now, here's some, some more stuff. When you are having sex, in the act of sex, and let's say you took your shower, you you clipped your nails, you scrubbed some of that crust off your feet, whatever, and then you said, okay, let me just pee real quick before I go and get in the bed. Let me urinate. This is male or female. Urine has ammonium in it, people. That is one smell you do not have to wonder what it is, right? Who the heck likes to smell a urinary person, a pissy person? A old, you know, that's not flattering. So, ladies, here's how you handle that. When you go to the restroom and urinate, get a large 16-ounce cup. Fill it up with warm water, not soap, because that's another turnoff. People don't want to taste soap and lotion when they're kissing on you. 
and pull your labia open. That's your vaginal lips. Pull them open a little bit. Pour the water right where your pubic hairline is or would be and pour it there. And you might want to do it twice. And make sure you open up. That way you rinse it off. You don't have that smell. And the notorious tissue ball will not be there when somebody, you wanting someone to caress you and kiss on you, and that's just nasty. So, and fellas, same thing for you. Go and get a warm rag and wipe yourself off well when you go to the restroom because unless you and your old lady both nasty as hell, that's just not a good look, okay? That's just little simple stuff you can do. Next thing we want to talk about is make sure that you don't have sex when you're tired. Don't. Whatever you do, don't do that. You are just going to piss somebody off. I don't care if you're just having oral sex. It's going to be some of the worst oral sex that person got because you really don't feel like doing it. You're not in the mood to do it. Don't do it. Make sure you're well-rested. The other thing, while you're making sure you're well-rested, the other thing is allow the other person to get whatever's bothering them off their minds. Because sometimes sex and a jacked-up conversation don't go together. Save the drama. If you know something is bothering you so much that you aren't going to be able to get an erection because you've been thinking this girl's cheating on you or you've been wondering where he's been, just don't even try the sex thing. Try a conversation. And if you can't solve the problem within 20 minutes, you need to let the conversation go, leave the house, go for a walk, come back, do not start the conversation, and just enjoy intimacy. A lot of the reasons why people have erectile dysfunction and things of uh, that nature is because it's not intimate. Where are, the, uh, where are the kisses? Where are the hugs? You know, where is the just sitting there and holding hands and having a romantic dinner? I know none of those things sound sexual, but fellas with women, that is very sexual. As a matter of fact, I'm going to really help you out. When it comes to things like cooking dinner, sometimes if you don't want to cook dinner, buy it and put it on a plate when you get home, but help your lady out, man. Help fold the clothes. Help wash them. Help clean up the kitchen. If you guys have some little rugrats, meaning children running around the house, Call her sister, her girlfriend, and ask him, could you come over and watch the kids? I want to have some quality time with your friend. Same thing for, is true for you ladies. If you've got a hardworking man, when he comes in, run the man some bath water. I didn't say you had to be on 12 years a slave, but, you know, do something and just say, you know what, and then when he gets out the bathtub, dry him off. And while you're drying him off, I think you can get some visuals on that of other things you may do while you put some lotion or baby oil on his ashy butt. It will actually stimulate him, and that will get that. Here's the other thing. If it's a new relationship, don't be scared to talk about sex and expectations. Even, And I'm going to be honest with you. Sometimes if you've been in a relationship three years, a year, you know, several months even, ask somebody, you know what, what is it we haven't done that you'd like to try? Because women have been burned so many times when they try to tell a man their sexual past. 
So, fellas, you might want to create a safe environment and ask her, you know what, baby, tell me some stuff you like that I'm not doing to you or we haven't done. And you may find out your girl likes anal sex or you like anal sex and you haven't said that to your girl, so you've been going around little uh, little freaky Frida's house and having anal sex with her when and cheating on your girl because she's freaky Frida does stuff you like, you know. Well, have you ever stopped to think maybe if you talked about it, your girl may be open to try the same things Freaky Frida does? Ladies, the same thing with you. If your man asks you to do something, and I'm not saying either party should ever do anything that they don't feel comfortable with, but first, before you say no, educate yourself. You know, get a book on it. Read about it. Don't be afraid to tell your man, you know, I like this toy. I want you to use it on me. Uh, uh, fellas, if you one of these cats, I don't go to the gentleman's club. I think that is a waste of money. <laughs> but if you are the kind of dude that does, pay for your lady to get in a pole dancing class and then support her. Go and watch, you know, tell her, baby, let's see what you're working with. When you get home, go and get a bunch of uh, $1 bills and make it rain in your house. At least you can pick up the money when you're done and both spend it on each other instead of on some ratchet chick at some strip joint. But the truth is, have the conversation. Talk about it. Say, you know what, I'm going to tell you, this is my turn on. And if the man tells you some weird stuff like he wants you to dress up like Colonel Sanders and he's going to throw some flour and 11 herbs and spices in the bed and he wants you to roll him over and, you know, just that's the time you kind of go, your ass is crazy. And you just leave, just, you know, just you know, just kind of go to the store and don't ever come back, you know, that kind of thing. Now, ladies, i got to talk about this. The worst thing in the world is a yeast infection that you do not know that you have. <laughs> help, 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 help. So what I'm going to say this to you once, always, dear ones, examine your vagina with a mirror. Look at yourself at a mirror and tell the same thing goes for you, too. Examine your stuff. Make sure that before you show it and share it with somebody else that you're doing all right, you know, you may find something that is a gray hair and somebody thinks that's a piece of tissue and it was just some gray hairs. I mean, just, you know, check your stuff out. In other words, do your housekeeping. Don't let anything else happen. Now, let's go to this. If you have a friendship with somebody, before you cross that line, let's talk about it. Let's make sure that we understand what is going on because you cannot unstrike a match. You know, don't sleep with your friend's mate because they're sharing their problems with you and now you got you a Kodak moment going. Next thing you know, you done screwed your best friend's wife or slept with your girlfriend's husband. That's a no-no. Now let's get to the, some of the fun stuff you can do. This is all the fun stuff, fun stuff, fun stuff. You ready? Here we go. And there's a lot more. Make up your own. But here's the thing. First thing, if you're in a relationship with somebody, I call it the sex favors box. Go and buy you a little cheap box from one of those craft stores, you and your mate, and type out some things that you like to do to your mate and things that, you're, and that you like done to you. The things that you like to do to your mate, you give those to put in the box for your mate. Okay, so meaning, fellas, give your girl the things you like to do to her, whatever that may be. 
And then uh, the flip side is things that uh, you like for her to do to you. At the end of the day, in each other's box, you will have stuff that both of you are receptive to. So some of it will be stuff that you like doing. Other stuff will be stuff that that the other person likes doing to you, right? Put it in the box. And, you know, once a day, once a week, however however high your sex drive is, just say, you know what, Uh, you've been really nice to me today. And that's part of being sexy, too, being nice. And, and, and it doesn't mean buying gifts. It means, like, just cleaning up after yourself. You wash the clothes. You folded the clothes. Just say, I'm going to reward you. Go in the box and, you know, go freshen. Always before sex, go freshen up. I cannot emphasize that enough, you know, I, unless it's you're driving, leaving the theater and the blowjob thing. I get it. I get it. But I'm talking about if you have time to just kind of be spontaneous and you're at, you're at home or coming over, just say, hey, you really have been nice. You've been supportive. Uh, you watched the kids for me, uh, you know, the other day. Uh, you fixed my lunch. Just little things. Say, here, go in the box and tell them, go freshen up. I'm going to treat you. That's something that's exciting. That will put the erection back, okay? Here's another thing. Give each other instructions while in the bed, and do it in a passive way. And I'm not saying something like, grab my hand, turn over here, now move, don't stop, okay, look up, look down. I'm not saying that. I'm saying when I'm doing what you like, just tap me twice. When it's something that you really ain't feeling, tap me once. So that way this person doesn't have in the back of their head that you said something that turned them off. Just tap them once if you don't like it. Tap them twice or three times, even have your little drum beat going into something you really love, right? Massage is not always something pleasing to everybody. So if you are going to give someone a massage, first, get some oil on your hard hands. If you're a man that works with your hands and you start trying to massage people, you're probably going to irritate them. So, you know, put some lotion or something on your hands. Second thing, ask people how would you like for me to massage you and where? Don't just assume that you got it going on so much you read in folks' minds. Now, for those of you that have been in long-lasting relationships, of course, you pretty much know what your mate likes and doesn't like. And, you know, some men, they uh, want to be kissed on the chest. You know, I don't have nipples and, and I'm not a woman. So, you know, if you do that to some brothers, you know, somebody like me, I'm going to be like, look, you know what, I ain't, I'm not, I'm not you, boo. Don't all that kissing me on my chest. I ain't feeling that. So make sure that you do what your mate likes to do. Don't go trying to improv and end up pissing somebody off by doing something that they are totally repulsed by. The other thing is make sure that you don't, and some ladies do this, you will grab a man or a man will grab you acting like that your genitalia is made out of leather. It is not. That is skin, people. Don't pull on folks tight and be biting and sucking on them like you lost your mind. You know, if anything, start out gentle and say, let them tell you do it harder. It is far better to go that route than to start out doing something that's discomforting and having somebody going, hey, you know what, forget it, forget it, that's okay, just don't do it. Again, because you're setting up this expectation of failure, and this person is not going to be feeling you, so don't do it. 
Here's the next thing. Fellas, if your girl is wearing some stuff and it doesn't flatter her, tell her. Don't sit there and be like, and she go, well, how I look? And you'd be like, you don't have any booty. Why do you have on a thong? You know, the thing is dangling in the back. That is not a good look. Or you're a big girl and you got on something that with your stomach hanging out everywhere. If you're a big girl, wear something that's appropriate and sexy for you. Don't be trying to dress up like you're a size 4 when you're really a size 14. That, that's not cool. Now, if you and your man kind of, you know, because everybody's different, if that's cool with him, cool. But, you know, do something that's appropriate. And, and here's the hint, ladies. Whatever that man complimented you on, or if you notice him noticing that about other women, that's what he wants to see in you. Big hint. Next thing, share your fantasies with each other. Don't be scared. Don't be scared. You know, I don't know why I have to do that. I guess I've been in the hood too long. Uh, but share your fantasies. Communicate. Say, you know what? I always wanted to do this. And, again, if he starts saying something about reindeer games and wants you to be an elf, and you know, you might want to leave and go to the store and not come back. And especially when it comes to anal sex and things like that or any form of sex you're not familiar with, educate yourself and practice good hygiene. Uh, then the uh, dirty talk stuff, that's, that's some people are turned off by it, some people aren't. Uh, so ask your mate, you know, what's appropriate conversation for you in the bedroom? You know, what, what works for you? Next thing. Fellas, if you are having issues maintaining uh, uh, erection, before you try some pills, there's this thing called a cock ring. And no, it's not like a wedding ring. But what it is is the card ring, the cock ring is something, and I just read how to put it on because I'm not getting ready to go through all of that. But get it, what it does is it just holds your blood flow to the penis so that way you don't have to hold your penis. The cock ring will hold your penis. And you put it uh, on different men in different places. But typically you put it behind the testicles and above, you know, just open it up wide and put your testicles and your penis through it. It will help you to keep the circulation localized, okay? That's exactly what that is. So, And then the other thing, and this is one of the last ones because we got to keep this thing moving. Don't do something that you really don't want to do. Don't. Make sure that you care about this person, that you have feelings for this person, and better yet, that you like them. Not even just love them, that you really like them. And I promise you that is going to help your sex life in ways you never dream. Now, with all of that said, go and try this stuff. Oh, last thing, last thing, last thing. Don't go having sex with someone just because you're horny. That's the last thing. That's just, you know, I know it's hard. Go take a shower, go work out, and save it because it is worth it. I promise you don't serve wine and you being the wine before it's your appropriate time. Now, housekeeping chores, make sure if you haven't done it, you go to the Dr. Devian Young website. I've got a new product coming out, and it is like a $47.99, should I stay in this relationship or go thing. You can, we're going to have that up on the website. You can schedule it, 
and you can probably realize, okay, is this relationship worth fixing? If it's not, I'm going to tell you. And if it is, I'm going to tell you. And we go to step two, three, and four, whatever we need to do to get it out, right? That's coming up in the near future. Also coming up in the near future, I'm going to be doing a lot of webinars that are going to have frank discussions about different aspects of relationship issues. But you won't know about that stuff if you haven't gone to the Devon Young website and registered, and we're going to send you that stuff straight to your email so you don't have to go tracing it down. Just go to my website and make sure you register, and that's Dr. Dr. D. Ivan, for those of you that like to mispronounce my name, drdivanyoung.com, and I promise you, you will be glad that you did. Lastly, hit the Facebook page, and I've got to say this to you before I get out of here. I love you madly. I love you so much. Talk to you soon, Sunday night, 7.30 Central, 8.30 Eastern, and 5.30 West Coast time. Other than that, have an awesome weekend, and I will see you very soon. Have a great day. Bye now. Where is this damn thing? Waiting on you.
shit, where are you? This shit is not working. God damn you, where are you? Okay, this thing is like just now logging up. I've been trying to get in for the longest. What is it doing? <sighs> this is frustrating, I swear. Hello. Hello. I... Hi, you guys. Hi, Yvonne. How you doing? I've been uh, trying. The thing has just been grinding, trying to log in for like three or four minutes. Uh, but I, I apologize. I was actually like two minutes, three minutes late. But uh, this thing just kept grinding, and I logged in, and it finally got me in. So I apologize to you both. Okay. How is everybody? So, Yvonne, you're ready to go? Uh, yes, I am definitely ready. We can uh, go ahead and uh, get started right now. Okay, so a quick thing for you. Given that this is your last session, you do want to be thinking about how you are setting her up for moving forward without a coach. Okay. All right, so I'll start the recording and turn it over in a sec. Welcome. This is Yvonne coaching Melanie in their third session. Go ahead, Yvonne. Hi, Melanie. How was your day today? It's going well, thank you. How about yours? It's really fantastic. Today is a very special session for us, and I want to just set this up uh, going into our conversation. I want really to focus uh, on everything that we haven't discussed and whatever comes to mind for you that you would like to talk about today, you're in control of, as with all your sessions, you're the one that's in control, especially today. What is it that you would like to talk about it uh, today? What's on your mind? Um, well, I guess since our last conversation, I have been thinking a lot about, um, you know, from a career perspective, what do I need to do to best my Myself to be ready for a transition in, in a couple of years. Uh huh. What have you thought about? Uh, just how how to go about doing that, right? So you know, what are, what advice do you have for me to You used the word difficult. 
What does that mean? Um, well, I mean, when, when there's a lot more positions, you know, at an individual contributor level, at a, you know, tactical level, um, but that's not where I'm at in my career. You know, I'm, I'm a director level. I am much more in the, you know, strategy arena. I, I don't do a lot of day-to-day -day tactical things. Um, I'm a people leader, and so um, those types of roles, there's a lot less of them, um, and so it will be more challenging finding one. It'll take, it might take a longer time, for example. You said that you're a people leader, that you sense that this is a difficult season, and that you're very rooted in strategy. You said they're limited opportunities out there. Let's talk about limited opportunities for a minute. Why are the opportunities limited? Uh, I mean, and there's, just, there's, less, there's less directors, right? I mean, there, you're always going to have more individual contributors for directors or for leaders. That's, I mean, that's just the way organizational structure works. So, um, yeah, and I'm, you know, um, you know, the last couple of times I was looking for a job, I was in um, a place in my life where I could relocate, and I, you know, I wasn't tied to anywhere, um, but now I am. And so, um, you know, a specific area um, geographically I would be looking in, and um, yeah, so it's, uh, there, it's just more limited. Let's continue on this limited track for a moment, can we? When you say limited, you said less director positions. What else is limiting you? Well, certainly geography. Um, and, uh, yeah, geography. Um, and, uh, it'll, I mean, it'll just, it'll, uh, I guess industry perhaps, I don't know. Um, I've now been in manufacturing for the majority of my career. Uh, there's not a lot of manufacturing in this area, so um, sometimes switching industries can be challenging. Um, so that may, that may pull, you know, an additional option to pull. Um, I think those are probably the main ones. With that stated, let's pick out of these three things you mentioned, less director positions available, the geography and the meaning location, and then the industries. Let's start with the less director positions available. How many director-type positions are available? And what I mean by that, let me clarify what I mean by that. When you say there are less director positions available, how are you associating that with just the niche that you're in or are you associating that globally? Well, globally, because from an organizational structure standpoint, there would be less directors and individual contributors. Okay. With that said, list the type of director positions that are available. I, I don't know, and I'm not... I'm not sure how relevant it is because I'm not looking for a job today. 
you know, thinking about a couple of years down the road. So it's impossible for me to know what would be available a couple of years down the road. With that said, would it be wise to consider getting an early start at looking at your opportunities? Yeah, but not not two years early. Okay. Well, let's approach the next one. Geographically, what areas of the country are you receptive to looking in? I'm sure you're the one where she wants to go in terms of accomplishing something from the conversation. Check in with her on that. Okay. So where would you like to take this conversation as it relates to your concerns and career positioning? Um, I guess I want to focus on what I can do over the next 12, 18 months to position myself so that I can most effectively transition into something new. If you were advising yourself and you were the witness to a conversation with someone asking exactly what you just asked, what suggestions would you give them? Uh, well, I know we talked about this yesterday, and really the only thing I can come up with is networking and just getting to know the companies and the people that are actually in my area. So I think that I need to um, I need to sign up with the local uh, SHRM office and attend um, events and activities that they, they offer. Um, perhaps you can consider um, like a local ASP organization since I do do a lot of training and development. Um, and then, uh, you know, explore maybe other, you know, networking groups that may be available in, in the area. Define what other networking groups consist of. Well, I'm not really sure, um, but, you know, just uh, other business networking groups um, that I don't know what's out there, so I think my first step is just, you know, um, taking a look at what is out there. How do you plan to go about taking that first step? Um, well, um, I think probably starting off with, like, the SHRM and the ASB and then, you know, meeting people and just explaining the situation, right? I'm new in the area. I'm going to be thinking about changing jobs for the next couple of years. Are there other groups or, you know, et cetera, that I should link up with? Um, maybe doing a search on, like, you know, like a meetup.org or LinkedIn, something like that may be helpful. What could prevent you from getting started on this? Um, well, I just really don't enjoy these things. <laughs> I don't really enjoy networking. I don't really enjoy going to functions where I don't know anybody. Um, so, it's, uh, yeah, it requires a lot of energy on my part, and I, I, don't, I just don't enjoy it. What could you do to change that? Well, I don't think I'm ever going to change that, um, but I have to remind myself that if my career is truly priority, then, you know, there are things that I'm just going to have to 
do because it helps keep my goals long term. And um, knowing that once I start to meet people there and I know people, it will be less, it'll be less painful. Let's talk about not enjoying networking. Okay. What's the reason for going there, Yvonne? I want her to, uh, well, uh, pausing uh, out of this and just to answer your question, I'm, I'm going to dig into it to the point where she can, I'm going to ask her, what things do you enjoy once you start networking with people? It was so going to... Because that way you're focusing forward and yeah. you're keeping it positive and proactive. Yeah, that's exactly where I was taking it. Yeah, so skip the other question. Okay, okay. Thank you. Melanie, what do you enjoy once the networking process gets underway? Uh, well, I enjoy connecting with people one-on-one -on -one and, and, you know, learning about them and hearing their stories and, um, yeah, I mean, I, I enjoy connecting with people one-on-one. -on -one. In those one-on-one -on -one conversations, what do, do you find interesting? Um, their stories, you know, just uh, learning about them. What else? Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess, you know, it feels, it feels good to connect. With, with another person. So, you know, there's definitely, you know, satisfaction for me in that. What about it is satisfying? Um, it's, it's just enjoyable to connect with another person. In what way? Um, I mean, I guess it satisfies, like, a, a connection. And how does that benefit you? Um, well, it feels, I mean, it feels good to connect with another person. Mm -hmm. Yesterday when we talked, career was definitely uh, a big factor for you, and you're planning ahead, which is very wise of you. What else about this concern about your future and about your career, could we address that we have not brought up? Um, I'm not sure. Um, you know, I, I just I think I need to really think through uh, what I need to do so that I can best prepare myself. And positioning yourself to think through this thing and to prepare yourself where could you go to do that? Um, I'm thinking I can talk to Patricia. She's my uh, HR boss. Um, she's, a, she's a good mentor of mine. Um, and she's, you know, she's more experienced than I am, has gone through more transitions than I am, than I have. And so um, she'd probably be helpful. What else? Um, I don't know. I think that's probably a good starting point. Okay. So, Trisha being a good starting point, 
when are you going to meet with Trisha? journey always begins with taking that first step and that we will follow up hopefully about that step yesterday there were other things that we talked about um, quality time with friends we talked about spending time with the girls talked about this upcoming vacation what would you like to talk about next And what about that? Uh, just that it's something that I need to keep doing. Um, you know, especially given, I mean, I just um, effective tomorrow. Um, my job is getting bigger and will probably require more travel. So um, I, uh, I need to make sure that I'm continuing to you know, nurture and develop friendships. Who are these friends? What are their names? Um, well, so uh, Sasha is a good friend of mine. Um, unfortunately, she's in California in September. Um, unfortunately for me. Uh, Christine is a good friend of mine, and we haven't spent a lot of time together over the last couple of months. Um, those are my two really good friends locally, and then Angela and Heather um, both um, are not local to me, but are, are, I mean, they're my best friends. Which do you want to focus on? Um, well, so Christine, because we've had to spend a lot of time together over the last couple months, it might, it might be nice to um, schedule like a dinner date with her or something maybe after, I don't think it's going to happen in the summer, but maybe once the summer is over. Where do you want to take her? Uh, well, we like to cook, so we usually either go to her place or my place and we cook. Sounds like a lot of fun. Am I invited? <laughs> sure. We're very good cooks. Okay, I'm gonna I'm hold you to that. When you have, uh, when you and Christine uh, set up, set, thinking of this dinner date and being at one of you guys' house, would it sounds great? What about Sasha? Well, Sasha and I see each other right now, probably once a week. Um, so yeah, we'll probably just uh, continue to see each other, you know, once a week, and we talk just about every day, and. Um, and I'm going to miss her a lot when she moves to California. Okay. And your other two friends, Angela and Heather, what are your plans for them? Um, Heather and I talk a couple times a month, and I think that's good. Um, you know, I definitely like to schedule something to see her in the next few, like definitely, you know, I don't know, definitely some point. You know, we talked about maybe doing something together for Thanksgiving. We live like five hours away, so it's um, you know it's like a, a big event when, when we're able to see each other. Um, but definitely by the end of the year, I would have liked 
May, so you want to see Heather around the next holiday. What about Angela? Um, Angela and I, um, it would be nice to see Angela about once a month. Sometimes she has children that are my children's ages, and so we sometimes will do play dates. Um, and then other times if we both happen to be without the kids, we'll, we'll go out to dinner or whatever. She, she's only about an hour from me. So um, definitely would want to see her like once a month. Okay. Where would you like to make that happen? Uh, well, probably in August. Um, we talked about getting together with the kids like on a Saturday. So I think we'll probably try and make that happen. And then um, she's a teacher. She goes back to school, obviously, at the end of August. And so we talked about getting together at some point in August um, to work out together. That sounds like a lot of fun. How do you? How will it benefit you to spend more time with your friends? It makes me happy to spend time with my friends. Um, you know, it's nice to, uh, you know, I love being a mom and I love my job, um, but it's nice to be able just to, you know, just be Melanie without those responsibilities and, um and, you know, share time with somebody that I care about. That sounds like so much fun. Take me there. Show me what that feels like. What does that look like? What does that sound like? Um, well, I think, um, you know, I mean, the friends that I spend time with that I really cherish, you know, I mean, we just, we just talk a lot. And, uh, you know, it doesn't really matter what the topic is in our lives. You know, these are, these are you know, people that really get me 